On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we recap the Badgers' uh, ho-hum win over Purdue. We look ahead to next week's games highlighted by Wisconsin versus Minnesota, the battle for the axe, and discuss other Badger sports that happened last week. Then we talk a little Bears, not so much for the Packers for some strange reason. I don't know why. Uh, don't know why. And then uh, the White Sox going on a spinning spree, open up the bank, and the Brewers get a uh, quote-unquote new logo. That's right. Then we uh, look at what could have been with D. Rose uh, as he reminisces, and then I do the corner kick thing. All right. Let's start the show. Back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, how are we doing today? Well, doing all right. Recovering from a Badger game day. Uh, we were both there in person. We saw yeah. each other. We made it. It was exciting. Um, I mean, the game, not only just to see you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... I forgot how much uh, a game day takes out of you. It's, especially when you go home afterwards. It's like a two-hour <laughs> drive back. <laughs> Add that on to the, on to the part of the process. So here, hopefully the voice isn't as rough as it feels, uh, but but ready to go. Oh, nice. Yeah, game day takes a lot out of you. Um, I'm coming straight off, uh, yeah, straight out of a uh, competition from today. Oh. Uh, so we are, you know, we're all here. We're all working yeah. hard. Just just wow. doing it a little tired this time. I'd say I'm working hard, but um, I'm I'm here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think it was about in the, I don't know if it was the second quarter or third quarter, I was talking to my brother and I was Mm. like, oh my God, I'm losing my voice already. (laughs) 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 I don't feel like I've been yelling too much, but you know, just, yeah, there's a lot of things to talk over, you know. Yeah, a lot of things to talk over. Yeah, and when you're yelling, you know, usually when you're at home and you're yelling at the refs or yelling at the TV, it's, you're yelling, but like, you're not yelling over people so they can hear you or try to hear you. Right. So it all adds in, up. You're just yelling to add to the noise of the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Also, so. uh, exactly. Yeah, all right. So uh, Badgers game against Purdue, Marlo. Uh, we, Badgers win 45-24, survive. Some sloppy uh, ball possession there. Ended up with four turnovers. Could have been worse. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with another great game, 222 yards on the ground. Uh, seen it in person. It never. First of all, um, it was cold. It was <laughs> opening weekend of deer hunting. That's a thing in Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, yeah, a lot of empty seats. I felt like there's a lot of empty seats. Uh, I think it, it was a combination of those two things, as well as there was really nothing to gain by with in this game. Like we were expected to win. If yeah. we lost, it would have been miserable. If it was close, it would have been miserable. Um, and it was miserable. I don't know. It wasn't miserable outside. It was cold, but you know, not miserably cold. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of, you know, the student section took a while to fill in, which I totally expect. Uh, totally uh, understand that. That's what that's what we did. Uh, but the other other some other seats didn't fill in. I was a little bit disappointed with that. Yeah, there is quite a bit of the seat. Uh, not as much, I guess. Uh, 
pizzazz in the air mm-hmm. uh, pre- uh, pregame. And then, yeah, getting into the stadium, kept waiting like, oh, this should fill up. Yeah. Never really did. Uh, just like I said, a combination of we were playing Purdue uh, opening opening weekend of hunting season, which I always forget about until I get to a game like that. And it's like, why is everybody? Oh, yeah, they're sitting in a stand right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but guess what? We made the most of it. At least, yeah, we tried, and Badgers won. Let's get into it, Marlo. Our good, great, bad, and ugly. Uh, why don't you start with the good? All right, the good, it's us. Yeah. We made it to the game. We finally made it to the game. We said we were going to make it to. We yeah. tailgated. We yeah. tailgated before the game. Which was almost like an it was like an impromptu meet and greet. Got to meet some listeners, talk about yeah. the podcast, how awesome Casey is at it, it was. and uh, yeah, and, and just you know mingle with the fans. It was really weird too. This was the first time it's somebody you knew, but it was the first time I met somebody who listened to the podcast who didn't previously know me. Uh, so that was a really weird experience. And uh, there are some times where I just. Like I know we record this. I know we put it in the internet. Like I get like that. May obviously I know that happens. But like sometimes I kind of forget. Like I forget <laughs> that other people are out there and like random people could just listen to this. Um, <laughs> and like sometimes when I'll like see a post on the internet, like you'll post something on Facebook, you're posting something on Twitter, and I I kind of click on the link and I'm like, oh man, like anybody can just click on this. That's kind of weird. <laughs> and then that's a weird feeling. And then kind of meeting uh, your friend who. You know, it's a big fan of the pot. And, you know, big fan. I, I, I would argue maybe number uh, one it, fan. Yeah, crazy here. Yeah, shout out Fox. And uh, meet him. And it was just a kind of a weird, a little bit of a surreal experience. So that was that was really neat. Uh, and yeah, tailgating. We're at a great tailgate hosted by um, future family mother. It's my family member, my sister's fiance's parents tailgate. And they threw they put on a great show, doing it for 20 years. Uh, it, was, it was great. Uh, so good job by us. Fantastic spread. Yeah, good job, yes. Fantastic spread. Yes. Yeah, so the, the good is us. And the host of the tailgate. What is your good, Casey? Good is us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> My good is uh, no punting, which is kind of a, a mixed good. But the, the good is uh, third and fourth down efficiency. Batters were nine for 11 on third down and one for one on fourth down. So they uh, only failed to convert one third down, uh, obviously resulting in a field goal. Um the reason we didn't punt, we'll get to, on some of the other positions. We'll get to in a little bit, uh, in, in some of the other segments. But it was it was a really efficient game on offense, and I think outside of the turnovers, which we'll talk about, um, just the way we, we were able to control the game, and it felt like there was a moment in the game where the turnovers were kind of piling up on Wisconsin. That it was like, wow, everything kind of seems to be going wrong. Yet, I felt like we were in control of the game, which is a was it was a really weird feeling. It was like a dichotomy. Yep. It's like, oh my gosh, this is slipping away because of the turnovers. But we were doing anything we wanted on offense as long as we didn't turn the ball over. So uh, I think that those that stat nine of eleven on third down, one of one on fourth down, just kind of exhibits how much control over the game we had. So it was a good job by the offense in that regard to to be that efficient. That's it. No points. Lottie no didn't punts. even get out there. He didn't even get out there. Oh, he, man. He punted the ball as much as I did, which is <laughs> nice. interesting. Uh, all right. On to my great Marlo. Um, the 62-yard field goal was absolutely amazing. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I'm going to be. Okay. It was probably one of the top five things I've seen live at a Badger game. It was like just 
it wasn't meaningful in the sense like it didn't decide the game. Obviously, it happened uh, at yeah. the end of the first half. Uh, Wisconsin was um, winning at the time, so it just extended our lead. Uh, we were up 21-17, so it went to 24-17. So it had some significance on the game, obviously not on the final score. But in watching the drive, uh, as they kind of slowly, in very small segments, moved down the field, calling timeouts, and I'm just going, what are you calling timeouts for? Just run the ball, get this over with, let's go yeah. to halftime, and let's improve yep. in the second half, because then it would have been us only up four. Yeah. And they get to where they're taking the 62-yard field goal, and I'm like, what are they doing? This isn't making sense. And then he nails it. The ball, I don't know... I think the weirdest thing about it was the ball didn't go very high in the air. Right. Yeah. It just didn't come down. (laughs) (laughs) Flat for 40 yards. (laughs) And the whole stadium is like watching this. And I'm sure most of the fans were like me, like, this isn't going to go in. What are we doing? And then it just, as the ball's not descending, but staying level in the air. The yep. stadium just kind of grows in excitement, and then it goes, so everybody loses their, loses their minds, including the players on the field. Yeah. Kind of, as they're running to the locker room, uh, are you know celebrating with the kicker, his first field goal of his career. He's one for one in his career for 62 yards, longest field goal in Badger history. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was great. It was the most excited I have been for a field goal ever. Especially yeah. one, I, I don't think I've been to a game where field goal decided the game but obviously the most exciting field goal ever and to your point i was thinking that same thing as they're going down especially when they threw the ball to cephas at the sideline with yeah. like two seconds left i'm like what the what's the point of that and they started running out the field goal team i'm like they're are they really gonna embarrass this little kid like this is this what we're gonna do <laughs> yeah and um we were sitting yeah so i was sitting in that end zone right right in jay so kind of like right uh like right level with the plane of the, the field goal, right? Mm-hmm. And as that ball was going through there, like you said, straight, I thought as it was crossing the the goal line, I was like, this isn't going to make it. <laughs> and then and then it started going slow-mo, like, oh, crap, this might make it. And then it like just creeps over that corner there, and, yeah, I just lose it. I just lose my mind. Yeah, it was uh, great. Jumping up and down for a 62-yard field goal. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm just, if anything, I'm, I was happy I was there for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, brother, what's your great? Uh, speaking of... Breaking records, more breaking records. Yeah. Uh, we had to get Jonathan Taylor in here, so we will. Sure. He went over 200 yards yesterday, yeah. and that was his 12th game uh, going over 200 yards. That's the FBS mark with 12 200-yard games. Nice. So just breaking records. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if they had a tracker on for that for Fox, but. <sighs> yeah, not sure. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they just mm-hmm. kept the. Uh, the tracker from last week and just kept, <laughs> just kept it going. Adding on the yards that he's yeah. farther and farther ahead. Uh, yeah, 20 carries, I think I mentioned this, 222 yards, one touchdown, uh, 51-yard touchdown run. Um, was, a, was a great run, just kind of his... his it, that run just kind of exhibited his patience, yet his explosiveness. Like he, yep. It was like, wait to hit the hole, wait to hit the hole, make a guy miss, and he's gone. It was fantastic. Um, it, so a senior night, Last uh, yesterday, um, last, again sneaky night game, sneaky night yeah. game. It was three o'clock. Um, it was senior night, and it felt like a de facto senior night for Taylor. Oh, for he, sure. He, I don't know if you saw on uh, the Twitter of the post game, him kind of going around to fans, giving high fives. It felt like his last home game. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like right now I'm in denial, like I was with Devin Harris. 
It's, he's kind of my go-to. He was uh, as yeah. a freshman, I think, when when he was there, when he decided to go pro. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, man, if he comes back, like, we can win the Big Ten. Like, this is like yeah. a thing. He should, he, you know, like, that's something to come back for. And then he gets, like, p- picked fifth or overall in <laughs> the draft. It's like, oh, yeah, he, he definitely should have gone pro. And I feel like I'm in that stage uh, with Jonathan Taylor, just like, maybe he'll come back. Think, think of the records he could set. Think of, you know, make another run at the Big Ten title, which obviously we still have a shot at. But, like, yeah. I'm definitely in that mode where I'm trying to talk myself into it. But it felt like a de facto uh, senior day for him, and obviously I wouldn't blame him if he does go pro but uh yeah yeah another chance last perhaps last chance for us to enjoy his greatness uh at camp randall that's for sure breaking records and i'm sure there are only more to come right with uh yeah still got games two hopefully more, two we more have games left so. oh, oh, maybe three maybe maybe three maybe three all right yeah all right we'll get um, to I'll, that on, to the, on the bad what do you got for your bad <laughs> all right all i bad uh, especially in the, mostly in the first half, but just our defense, we just got fooled on so many trick plays. Mm-hmm. There was like a flea flicker, no, round of, it was there, uh, to produce credit, they were really creative. I don't, some of them I didn't, never seen anything like it before. Yeah. Uh, but there were three or four trick plays, I believe, that ended in big yardage and or touchdowns um, in the first half. And, you know, we were, Mostly biting on everything toward on the inside, leaving people open mm-hmm. uh, on top. Um, which you know, it's like one of those things fool me once, okay, fool twice, but we got fooled at least three times, and the fourth almost happened. And yeah, so that's my bad. Yeah, it it seems like they came into this game going, We're going to take advantage of Wisconsin's aggressiveness, and they did with some trick plays. The one I'm remembering vividly is the they threw a quick out to the wide receiver who was behind the line of scrimmage, who then threw, I think that was their touchdown pass Yeah, uh, by the non-quarterback. Um, it was kind of frustrating uh, at the you know watching because it's like just, I don't know, play more fundamental, I guess, because yeah. these trick plays, and it was frustrating that we kept falling for them. So, yeah, that's a good... That's a good bad. That was that was really really frustrating as we were there because it didn't seem like they would be able to do enough straight up against us, and that was the only way they would win. And that's how they hung around in that first half. Um, all right, my bad, Marlo, is the case of the fumbleitis. The only time our well, except for my ugly, the only time <laughs> that Wisconsin didn't uh, get first downs, they were fumbling the ball. They ended up losing three fumbles: two by Jonathan Taylor, one by AJ Taylor. Uh, two of those, uh, one by Taylor, one by Jonathan, one by AJ, were on like handoff exchanges that just yeah. seemed like they didn't expect it at the yeah. time. Like the yeah. ball was going to them, so I don't know if that was on Cone. Cone fumbled two other times too. So in total, Wisconsin put the ball on the ground five times, lost three, both of Cones. He was able to recover, luckily. Um, but that definitely made the game a lot more interesting than it needed to be. And it felt like those the trick plays that you were talking about came right after or soon after yep. uh, these fumbles and were kind of momentum swinging. Luckily, our offense was good enough and our defense at, at times to uh, wrestle that momentum, wrestle the, the flow of the game back. But those fumbles were could have been against a different team. Brutal. Um, but luckily we were good enough to overcome those this game. So that was Yeah, you talk about the exchange. One of Taylor's exchanges, it was with the Wildcat formation, and the handoff wasn't uh, wasn't as crisp. Yeah. 
And there was quite a bit of wildcat formation here, and I think every lot of wildcat. And every time it came up, I was just like, "No, this is not gonna. This is dumb. I hate the wildcat." And then when that happened, I was just I was told over it. And then of course, Breshik runs it in for a touchdown on wildcat. But hey, (laughs) take the good with the bad, I guess. But yeah, so I kind of that the wildcat one where they gave the fumble to Jonathan Taylor. I I don't really blame him on that one, but the the other one was uh, you got to hold on the ball. Yeah, it was another one of those him putty for. For more yards, uh, yeah. yeah Groshek ended up with nine carries. Uh, there was a lot more wildcat, especially on those short third down plays. So uh, yeah. they converted them against this Purdue team. Uh, so I guess that maybe it was more effective than it felt at the time. Yeah. I remember on one of them, I didn't notice it, and I was like, "Oh my God, Cone's running for this first. Oh no, it's Groshek!" Like my bad. That's him. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, on to my ugly. Speaking of Cone, who didn't run for that first down, uh, <laughs> he had a really bad interception, and it just felt like it was a point in the game uh, where we were really looking to close out the game. And you just, and this is the part where, as Badger fans, we're just screaming, "Just run the ball! Just run the ball!" And they do a little bit of a play action, uh, and there is a—I don't know if it was a back or if it was a wide receiver going in across the formation I can't remember but he was wide open in the flat and I and I it was like slow motion I'm like throw it to that guy <laughs> and then he takes a look downfield and the wide receivers open for a second and then he underthrows it and it's intercepted I don't know if he would have thrown it on tar- if he would have thrown it the right distance I think it would have been broken up incomplete but it wouldn't have been intercepted but then he just he underthrew it by like 5 yards yeah. And it gets intercepted. God, I was so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It, I think it was the same way. It's oh, he's open, but now he's not, and now you're going to throw it. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're going not it, only that you're going to underthrow it. It was, yeah. so the, <laughs> it was the interception just, came. It was thirty-eight twenty-four. Uh, we were on their uh, forty or something like that. We were yeah. on their forty-three, uh, and he 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 threw the pass, and it just again, I don't think it. It obviously didn't swing the game, but it just felt like the well, game could have been over. We didn't cover. Didn't cover. Point. Didn't cover. Um, uh, so that was my ugly. That play, and I texted you when that throw went. I, yeah, I was did. so frustrated <laughs> with the throw. I'm like, I got my ugly for the for the podcast. <laughs> I was just in that moment so frustrated with that throw because we didn't need the home run throw. Yeah, the I think it was AJ Taylor went across the the formation. He was open. He could have got the first down on a second one, uh, and we just didn't need to make that throw. And it frustrated me so much, but. Yeah, all of our, all of our turnovers were on their side. Like we were driving. They all, yeah. I think I believe they all took points off the board. I mean, turnovers do, but essentially, though, those would have, you know, at least a field goal try. We'll yeah. call it. All right. This, this is what we have to do. When we have to do bad and ugly, we have to find you know things to complain about when it's forty-five to twenty-one and we win, <laughs> you know, yeah. three touchdowns. But yeah, I think it could have been. Winning by three touchdowns with a little bit less frustration for us in the middle. So what's your... 100%. Finish out with your ugly, Marlo. All right, my ugly, we, we kind of brushed over it uh, a yeah. little bit, but the empty stadiums, a yeah. um, lot of seats, especially in that field house end zone, which, you know, like shows up on the TV the most because yeah, the, the cameras are going down. And I was like, I don't know why that section had so many empty seats, but it kind of sucked because everyone, you know, when I was getting texts and tweets from it it was like nobody's at this stadium it's like well you know it's not full but you all you're seeing is that you know that field house view and um again it was you know opening hunting season cold game 
first Purdue. Uh, I mean, even the I kind of looked up in the where they usually have the visiting tickets. Yeah, and this by this is a, again a Purdue a Purdue football. There's like no one there. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no no well, Purdue fans around yeah. there. I don't believe, what do they have to travel here for? Like, why yeah. would you want to come? You know, next to last game uh, of the season up to Wisconsin. Uh, and so people not from Wisconsin, I know you hear us going, oh, it's hunting season. Like, what does that matter? <laughs> it matters. Yeah, it's there are lots of hunters here, and that those people probably also root for the Badgers uh, <laughs> and and go to this game. And I agree with you. I was, you know, the student section filling up slow. I think it at the end got probably like four fistful. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, by the time jump around came, and then obviously people leave after that. Yep. Um, and I think on. I was on the east side of the stadium. That was pretty full. The west side, the lower bowl was full. The upper bowl was mostly full. But you're right. That end zone uh, across from the student section was was pretty empty the whole time. And it was, it was very surprising and very, and very weird. And it just seemed like that section, not so, like it was like sparse there, but everywhere else was pretty full. It, it was kind of weird. It just was weird that, it, like, you would think if people weren't coming, it would be more sporadic and kind yep. of, like, patches here and there, but it wasn't like that anywhere else except for the end zone, so that was, that was kind of weird. It did look ugly. I can only imagine what it looked like on TV because <laughs> you're right, that's the end zone, and that's usually the end zone they show when they try to avoid showing the student section. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the first half, so. Yeah. All right, Marl, that was uh, the recap of the Wisconsin 45 Purdue Boilermakers 24 game. Let's look ahead to next week for the big one. Big one. Badgers go up to Minneapolis, into Minnesota, into whatever their stupid stadium is called. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Open air stadium in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, TCF Bank Stadium. There we go. Thank you. Uh, link I just clicked on. Um, yeah. Outside in in Minnesota. Uh, game day is going to be there, Marlo. I scooped you on this. I, saw, I hope it's true now. It is I, true. I okay, Game good. day's coming. Um, so that will add some excitement there. Uh, what's on the line next week, Marlo? We got a lot of things. A lot of things, Everything. including pride. Yes. Um, we have the axe. Yeah. First, first and foremost. Actually, let's let's um, let's rank these. So. Okay. We have the axe, mm-hmm. which we don't have in our possession for the first time in I don't know how long. Uh, uh, we the last time we hadn't had it was the uh, 2003 season. Yeah, crazy. Uh, the Big Ten West is up for grabs. Winner takes the Big Ten West, goes to Indianapolis to play Ohio State. You can call that a win or a loss. Uh, and yeah, and then we got we got bowl seating. All right, so yeah, where we're where we where we so, stack up in the pecking order. So bowl seating, I think, is pretty important. Um, well, I, I just want to add a little bit to this. I'm not ranking this yep. first by okay. any means. Because yep. uh, bowl seeding, so Ohio, so let's just go, it plays out kind of how we think it will. Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Um, there will be probably two other Big Ten teams in kind of the the good bowl games, right? The, what, New, Year's the New Year's Six. Day. The, the, yeah. What is it called? The New Year's Six, I think the they New call Year's it. Six, yeah. There'll be two yeah. other Big Ten teams, maybe three. Uh, so let's say there's three. You got Penn State on the outside. You got Michigan, both on the east, and then you have Wisconsin and Minnesota on the west. <clears throat> and uh, if you lose, if we lose this game to Minnesota, we're out of those, and we're down to you know the the next tier of bowls. But if we win this game and we go to the Big Ten championship, even if we lose Ohio State, we're in that New Year's yeah. Six stratosphere. So that stratosphere, yeah. that area. So that's what I'm I'm talking about. So bowl getting seen. 
bowl game seating. Uh, all right, so number one, I think it's got to be the axe, Marlo. It's the most emotional thing. It's For me, it's this is – I'm just so used to winning it, and it yep. hurts me so much that we don't have it. Yep. Um, again, we go back to 2003 was the last time we didn't have it. We then won it 14 years in a row until last year happened. Um, I must make a confession, Marlo. I have not seen one play – of last year's game, I was at a wedding, <laughs> and I was doing. I was in the wet. I was actually like a groomsman, which yeah. you know uh, requires you to pay a little bit more attention uh, than just being a guest. And I looked at the score, and we were down big. And I was just like, I can't do. This. I can't look at this again. And then I saw later that we won, and I just I never have seen a, a play from that game. So it, it kind of almost didn't happen to me, uh, or according to me, almost mm-hmm. didn't happen. But it yeah. still hurts that it's not there. Current win streak, Minnesota. The series uh, between Wisconsin and Minnesota is at 60 wins. 60 wins. Uh, Wisconsin's 160, Minnesota's 160, and there's eight ties in between them. So oh, the whole it's all being tied up? I didn't know that. tied up. The axe is obviously on the line. Wow. And I think that this is the, the axe, the rivalry, the renewed, uh, I guess, threat, the renewed... Uh, quality of opponent that Minnesota is adds more to it and and, and just winning the axe winning this game for what the rivalry is is front and center most important to me in this game yeah uh, it just and it's heightened because we don't have it I think if we had it it'd be a, a notch down yeah but oh, since we're sure. coming off at loss it is it seems so uh surmountable that would do yeah I just want the axe axe is number one I think yeah to your point it's like I think when Minnesota, when they did build their new stadium, you know, Minnesota has the most trophy games in the Big Ten, P.S. Uh, they built cases for all their different trophies. Yeah. And, like, the first few years, like, they just, they're always empty. And so just thinking of that, that axe being in that, in that case just all year just, you know, just gets, yeah, it gets me going. So I had to put axe number one. I do remember when they built the stadium and they showed their trophy room. And it was just like a slow pan. <laughs> and it was just like empty, empty cases. And you had to yeah. like read above it to see what, what the trophy was. It yeah, was, it was just it was so loud. hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right, X number one. Uh, and then I guess I'm going to go bowl seating second. Yeah. Just, uh, I guess the reasoning for that is my expectations to actually win the Big Ten. Championship game uh, are are pretty slim. Obviously, yep. we got waxed by Ohio State early in the year. They seem legit. They seem really good. I don't pretty see good. why the game would be. I think I I think the game would be different. I don't think the outcome would be different though. It might be a mm-hmm. different scoreline, but I don't. I I would still think there won't be any rain, State, so that's so. good. Yeah. Well. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it won't. It won't be any rain. It won't be at Ohio State. Right, yeah. so there yep. are those things. Um, so it could be different. I don't have high expectations for that, so I'm kind of hedging in emotionally and just going with uh, bowl game seeding because then we get a better bowl game. Uh, we're still in the Big Ten championship game in that, but then I'm not, you know, riding on an expectation to win the Big Ten championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I say in a vacuum bowl game seeding, but it's, I, it, this is one of those weird situations where even if we we win. And then lose in the Big Ten title game, like we get a worse bowl because we have one more loss, type of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have this loss anyway. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, good point. So, so we, yeah, bowl seating. All right, yeah, yeah, you, you got it, you got it. I was way overthinking. I was putting I my we were, brain we in a pretzel. Sitting, if we were sitting here with one loss, yeah, and then we lose to Minnesota, they get their second loss to Ohio State. I could see us leapfrogging Minnesota mm-hmm. again in that yeah. in that seating. Um, but you know, we we fucking lost to Illinois. So yeah, okay, <laughs> great team, bowl eligible, great, good team, bowl eligible team. Uh, almost got it out a win against uh, Iowa. I'm t- I'm totally watching or not watching Illinois, but I'm following Illinois just to <laughs> hope they win so I can feel better about that loss. It's a really weird way to follow sports. In the yeah. Big Ten West, I guess last but not least, uh, it means something. But I, like I said, my desire to win the Big Ten West is completely clouded by. <laughs> My memory of that Ohio State Wisconsin game this year. Yeah, uh, but like you, we kind of talked through. You know, maybe it's different. Maybe um, it's not at Ohio State. Things go different. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. That's what's on the line, Marlo. I don't know. Oh right. Got to win uh, that X back. Got to get that X back. Uh, it would be so glorious to have them. It, and it's it's always it's been a while since we've done it, but it's always. Great scene when they, when they have to run across the field, yeah, to uh, to go get that axe, especially at their stadium. Oh, it'll be fun! Yeah, sure. It's happening. Eh, we'll see. I, actually, I'm trying to t- so I'm trying to temper my expectations. Now I'm getting <laughs> okay. all learned up because the way this season is gone, like we didn't have expectations, then we put our expectations up, and then they kicked us down, and then they now we're right back where we should have, you know. And now I'm just trying to like I'm trying to temper them so that. If something yeah. bad does happen, then I'm still down here. But if it's good, I can just go up there, and then I'll just come back right down <laughs> to the one after, right after the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, so. <laughs> temper expectation doesn't help. Yeah. PJ Flex out there, PJ flecking it up, you know, getting all the attention uh, <sighs> on himself as he can, as he always does. Yeah. Uh, at the end of who I don't, who did they play? They played Northwestern. North they won at Northwestern. Always tricky, you know. Yeah. Turns <laughs> out, turns out at Northwestern, not that tricky this year, Marlo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Minnesota win 38-22 at the end of the interview after that game he gave a boiler up of course you see did. that I at didn't the end of the see game, it uh, before Wisconsin played Purdue um, I f- this is entirely because I don't like PJ Fleck what a dick move <laughs> <laughs> what just, he does a call uh, for another team because he wants a different team to lose what a dick just God, I, it just rubs me the wrong way, and um, unbelievable. Uh, so he's adding, he's adding more to like. I just want to win to beat PJ Fleck. Now that's another. No, I agree. That gets like, I don't know if you put in the expectations or, or or whatever, but like my build up to this game was just like, I just don't want to see PJ Fleck beat us uh, as much as I don't want to see Wisconsin beat us, and just everything he does seems to annoy me. Um, I guess maybe because he's winning <laughs> a lot with his team. That's yeah, I mean, the, the, so is this his third year there or fourth? This is his third year, yeah. His third year, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he did it. it well, I mean, granted, schedule helped, but Minnesota is respectable. Minnesota is a threat. Minnesota is, I don't know, we can say back, but they're definitely, this could be something that it can be a back and forth, you know, for years to come if we kind of, you know, keep this trajectory, right? Yeah. Um, when PJ Freck first came, I was like, eh, is this road a boat thing going to work? I hope not, because he's really annoying. And it just seems to be working, which is even more annoying <laughs> that that's happening. So, yeah, I, I, PJ is one of those guys where I'm sure if he's on your team, you freaking love him. But if you're not, which we are, he's not on ours, I just can't stand him. Can't yeah. stand him. 
so frustrating. Uh, so you kind of alluded to trying to keep your expectations down. I think I'm yeah. kind of in the same boat. Uh, Wisconsin's favored. I saw it open at uh, Wisconsin favored by three. It looks like it's down to two and a half now. Um, FPI likes us at 60% to win the game. I'd like to think we can win this game. I have lots of worries about this game. Um, oh, yeah. On the good note, uh, I guess I don't know what the good note is. My, <laughs> my, we, have, we have Jonathan Taylor, and I think he can. He has a chance to run on Minnesota. The bad note is uh, what I'm worried about mm. is those deep balls that yeah. more or less throwing up 50-50 balls, how they beat Penn State. Yep. So the outline to beat Penn State is their cornerbacks. Uh, Ohio State did this too. You challenge your cornerbacks on uh, out routes, on deep routes, and, and kind of try and get them on islands and win with their uh, bigger wide receivers. And um, that's how they beat Penn State. And I think that's how where we're weak in our defense. I think that's where we can be beat. Uh, mm-hmm. So that worries me a lot. Uh, they currently are averaging... Um, 250, about 247 yards in the air, 184 on the ground. Uh, they give up 123 on the ground, so that's kind of high, Minnesota does, so maybe we can uh, take advantage of that and, and, and control the game on the ground. I don't know. It yeah. all worries me. Yeah, I know it all worries me. I mean, the biggest worry is going to be the atmosphere. Uh, it's going to be their Super Bowl. Game days there, like we talked about. I think they had that. It was a pretty crazy atmosphere when Penn State came in, and that this is mm-hmm. obviously a little bigger. Uh, well, we'll see. Actually, it's going to be Thanksgiving, so maybe people will be there. No, they'll be there. Um, but yeah, there's that. The receivers you talked about. I think kind of going back to the last game, I'm afraid that he's like PJ's going to bring out some uh, trick plays that were that's going to cough, yeah. catch us off mm-hmm. guard just because he saw it on film. Saw some things on film that worries me. I just hope. And then you know we can't we can't be missing these tackles like we have been. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we're just going to get absolute shredded. So those are all worries. <laughs> those are all yeah, worries. Yeah. Obviously, protect the ball. Yeah, obviously, protect obviously. The ball yeah. In this game, uh, I think things that we have going for us, uh, our defense is better giving up. Uh, again, we talked about the worries, but in general, we're able to uh, pressure the passer pretty well. Uh, their quarterback looks like when he does get rattled, it's when he's under pressure. Uh, and um, we have a, I think our rushing offense stacked up against our rushing defense is is an advantage and hopefully something that we can, uh, you know, parlay into into uh, controlling the game and getting to victory. I don't yeah. know. Like I, I'm just I'm I'm just worried more I'm than s- anything. I'm, I'm worried. Just trying to temper expectations. Yeah. No, I'm worried. I'm trying to temper. I was. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things I. I don't really think I'm expecting a win. I just, I'm obviously hoping, and I would yeah. love it, but I don't know. I don't think, I'm not going to be surprised if it doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm, gonna be, I'm still going to come on here and be mad about it, but. <laughs> well, but we won't be bad because we're going to win, and I'm going to be a ball nerves <laughs> through the end of the game. It will be, yeah. it will be challenging on my, uh, I don't know, my psyche or something. I don't know. It'll be, I'll be, I'll be very nerve wracked throughout the Nerve wracking Saturday. All right, so that's next week. It is when is it, Marlo? It's at two thirty on ABC. Um, yeah. Well, I'll be in front of a TV watching that one for sure. Uh, same time as some of the other big games. Before we get to the other big games next week, Marlo, let's just take a look at this last week. Not too much really happened. Oregon's out of college football playoffs. They lost to Arizona State in a game. I told everybody not to watch. <laughs> I thought. 
I thought Arizona State sucked, and uh, they beat Oregon. So there you go. Uh, Remember, so it's that, coming through. Yeah, I got that wrong. Um, other than that, Ohio State wins the Big Ten East. They beat Penn State uh, in a score that, while watching the game, was closer than it probably should have been because Ohio State turned the ball over twice to give Penn State short fields, which they took advantage of. Um Probably shouldn't have been that close. But then at the end of the game, mm-hmm. Ohio State fans kind of like half-assly rushed the field and, well, like sauntered out onto the field <laughs> <laughs> and then like celebrated winning the Big Ten East, which won th- th- what? <laughs> <laughs> so I need I need a rushing the field ruling, Marlo. Okay. So they were, I think they were double-digit favorites. They are at least a touchdown favorite. Yeah. At home. Yep. They win a game they should have won against. I got okay, a top ten team, but you're the number two team. Um, Your closest game has been like thirty points. You win the Big Ten East and are going to go to the Big Ten Championship, and I guess that's it. That's the context of rushing the field. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I guess this is up. For, yeah, it's definitely is up for discussion. Um, and it's a program that obviously not lacking in success. Yeah. Um, does not. I mean, they've been in the Big Ten title game, what, the last three years? No, Penn State was there two years ago. Anyways, they've been in the contention or in the title game. Um, no game has been any close this season at all. So, yeah, I think if I had to give a verdict, and if I had to get a verdict, I said that is not a field-rushing event. But I am not one to tell kids not to have fun. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am one. And kids, get back in your seats. If it was next, if they won it next week while beating Michigan, maybe. True. But you won with a week left. You still have to play Michigan. I know it doesn't really matter for them. It just felt it felt weird. It was weird watching. It was all, all very confusing. Kids, get back in your seats. This is ridiculous. It's unsafe, really. It's really just un- overall unsafe. That's the worst take. I don't know. <laughs> the unsafe take. But I, want, I wanted to do it because it's fun. Um all right, so that I, other things happened this week. I'm not really too concerned about it. Next week, yeah. tomorrow, let's look Next ahead. Next weekend. I love how Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Lots of reasons. I think one of the main ones uh, is all-day Friday football. Yes. It's so great. It's uh, We have three-day weekends throughout the rest of the uh, you know the year. You know, there's Labor Day, there's Memorial Day. Those are, those are great weekends. But Thanksgiving weekend, one, it's a four-day weekend. Absolutely fantastic. Two, well, for most people, yeah. yeah some people. For, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if you ever had to work on a Friday after I, Thanksgiving. I have, but it's been like a, I go in to get kind of catch up on things. Okay, and it's like a it's like a half day, not even that kind of thing. I've never. I don't. I don't recall ever being required. Oh well, I, I've been in places where I've been required. It is the worst, and I feel bad for anyone that has to do it because you are you do have these games going on Friday and just yeah. trying to sneak a watch or you know check out scores there's really nothing else to do uh, unless you're in retail obviously but yeah right. just a regular desk job is like no one's no one else is at work right uh, so you're not getting anything accomplished yeah exactly yeah so well thoughts and prayers people have to work yep. on friday but uh we get a so it's a weekend an extra weekend day but that actually has football throughout the day it's unbelievable um i think that the, the Key one, at least for Big Ten fans, right? Iowa, Nebraska. It's really fun that this is every uh, always on Friday of Thanksgiving break. Uh, it 
really hasn't mattered much, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, I, it, this one, the brass is trying to get bowl eligible. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah it's a big deal for them, sure. Um, <laughs> I read this article about how even if they lose, they can get bowl eligible because there's not enough bowl eligible. Oh, there's not enough people. teams this year? If, well, if things go a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, in the last week, they could still get in uh, because they're Nebraska. They might. And oh I was yeah. Like, oh my god, what a what a state of affairs. But uh, I, I think that says something like I, we have too many bowl games, bro. If there's even a chance that we could come down to a five and a five and seven Nebraska team. Yeah, yeah. Not great. Not great. Um. Anyway, I think that's the the marquee. I don't want to say marquee, but that's at least what I'll be tuning into. And I, I don't know. It just I've gotten used to this being. The game on Friday, and it just kind of feels right to to settle in, watch that game. There's uh, Memphis, Cincinnati. That's two ranked teams, but yeah, I don't know. We we talked about that when those types of teams were in prime time. And yeah, we're, you know, we're not we're not terribly interested in that, but it'll be on TV, so we'll be watching it for sure. Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday we got obviously the Wisconsin game, but we also got the, the game. game, which. Is it? Roll my eyes at the obnoxiousness of it. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan. That's eleven o'clock. Fox sniping another big game. Uh, so uh, pretty much ABC just has crappy <laughs> primetime games because Fox steals them all. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan, eleven o'clock on Fox. Uh, Ohio State's favored by eight and a half. Ooh, do you think Michigan? That's has a juicy. Here, I might take that. Do I think Michigan has a shocker? I don't think so. I I think this Ohio State team is pretty well motivated to really take it to Michigan. I, I honestly, yeah, because I think they're trying to play on a different level. They're trying to you know yeah. show that they go into the playoffs, can win a national title, all that fun stuff. Um, I don't even remember the coach. Who's the coach's name? Ohio State now. Um, whatever. He seems ruthless. You know, day. something day Charles Day. Yeah, Charles Day. He seems ruthless. Like Meyer took it off, took off the pedal every once in a while. It doesn't seem like he does. Um, and then this is his, this is his first Michigan game as a head coach. Yeah. I think he's going to go for it. I don't know if Harbaugh has enough, you know, on his side of the ball to to go at what Ohio State's going to bring. So I think I might take the point. I, I might take Ohio State over the eight. The eight, eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Yep. It's Ryan Day. Ryan Day. It is. Ryan Day. All right, we we found it. <laughs> Forgettable. Forgettable. What a weird, I mean, just <laughs> generic name. Um, all right. I think the Michigan side, Marlo, the narrative on the Michigan side is they figured out something in the second half of that Penn State game that they lost, uh, which I guess they lost. That I guess goes <laughs> against it. But they were down uh, 21-7 at halftime, ended up making it close, only losing 20 20- one to twenty-eight, so they won the second half. If you're uh, scoring along at home, then they beat the crap out of Notre Dame, beat the crap out of Maryland, beat the crap out of Michigan State, beat the crap out of Indiana. <laughs> Maybe they're a different team. Uh, I think that's the narrative that Michigan's going to give you. Uh, I would love uh, for college football playoff mayhem for Michigan to win this, just to kind of throw everything off. But I do expect Ohio State to win because basically it. Makes me feel better about Ohio State kicking the shit out of Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> They're just that good yeah. if they if they win this um, handily. So I go with that. The other big one uh, with college football playoff implications that I saw Marlo, Alabama, Bowl. Auburn, uh, the Iron Bowl. That's what this is called. Yeah, the Iron Bowl. Um, always seems competitive despite how good the teams are. Throw the records out. 
Both these seasons are probably good. Alabama favored by three and a half points. Um, Alabama, I think, needs to win somewhat convincingly because this is the second best team they've played and they lost to the best team they played. Yes. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter if they just win. You know, they don't. It, maybe it doesn't need to be convincingly, but I think uh, there's a lot of people going, why is Alabama getting the benefit of the doubt? Who have they beat? Well, this is their chance to beat a team, and I think they need to beat them pretty convincingly to kind of solidify their chance as that next team if one of the top four teams lose in the college football playoff. Yeah. Is Alabama... Alabama winning this game, are they still are they still in the hunt? Like so even if Alabama wins this game against Auburn. Well, uh, they're LSU is still gonna win the the West. Right. So Alabama's they're not, they're, they can't be in the championship. Right, right, right. They can't be in the championship game. So that's what I'm saying is they can't be in the championship game. They're sitting at number five right now, right? Number five or mm-hmm. six. Um yeah, they're at five. So something happens, I don't know, and is it still a chance for Alabama to sneak into the playoffs without having to play in the championship game? There is, right? Yeah, I mean, so in the championship game, it's going to be LSU versus Georgia, probably. If yep. they both win, LSU is playing Texas A&M at LSU, and Georgia's playing Georgia Tech, who's awful. Yep. Um, so that's going to be the championship game. So then are you taking a two-loss Georgia who just lost to LSU? Are you taking a one-loss Alabama? Or if Georgia wins... A one loss Georgia, one loss LSU, or one loss Alabama. It gets dicey. Yeah, it's going to get <laughs> spicy. Really it's going to get real spicy. Um, and I think you look at Georgia and you go, they have, compared to Alabama, they have the worst loss. Yep. But they've also beat ranked teams. And <laughs> to this point, Alabama hasn't done that. Um, and I, it could get weird if kind of whatever combination of those things, if it's not just LSU wins out. But even if LSU wins out, then it's is it Alabama or is it? I guess what are you talking about? Utah now coming in if they beat Oregon in in the pack. It gets dicey. It gets it gets iffy. But if Alabama wins the Iron Bowl relatively handily, I think they slot themselves in there. If Georgia loses, that they're in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, Again, which I think they're going to do. By the way, for the record. All right. I'm going to take Auburn just because I want to say I don't think Alabama's that, that good this year. Based on based on spite more than anything. Based on being annoyed with Alabama <laughs> more <Yeah>. than anything. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Uh, so then that would so if that plays out, things play out, it's LSU, Ohio State, Clemson and I don't know. Then who is it Georgia still or is it the Pac-12 team, which has to be Utah now. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. It'll be interesting who that fourth team is based on all this plays out. Uh, but Alabama-Auburn, that's the... And then the night game, because like I always I keep saying, ABC keeps getting screwed on this. It's Colorado, Colorado-Utah. Oh, nice. In the ABC Fantastic. Game. So we're going to watch possible... Well, I mean, that's... that's team. It's, it's kind of so. perfect. I mean, by that time, probably footballed out. Just a little bit. Probably had a couple... A lot of uh, leftovers at that point. Maybe yeah. feeling a little tired. You can just kind of doze off during that game. You also got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State on Fox at 7. But Oh, that'd be fun. Oklahoma should win now. Yeah. They're at 9. Still trying to chase it. I don't know. I don't see a way in for them. All right. Anything else college football, Marlo? No, man. Just 
excited. Love this time. Nice. Love this week. Big, Love this week. Big weekend. Yeah. We roll into championship weekend and then bowls start before you know it. Good times. Good times. All right. On to Badger basketball, Marlowe. That still happened. Uh, they won against Green Bay 88 uh, to 70. Balance scoring again. They had once again five players with 10 points or more. Um, that's really the takeaway. And I guess I'll pose this to you, Marlowe. Um, we knew going into the season that the ball is going to be spread a little bit more than it was uh, with Ethan Happ. Uh, I don't want to say hogging the ball, but being the focal point of the offense. We don't yeah. have a focal point of the offense. Yeah. It really is a true swing offense, really a true uh, take advantage of mismatches on each possession kind of offense. In the long run, is that better or worse than having a this is our go-to guy? Um, great question. I would say in the long run it's better. The only thing that scares me is that when we had those teams, it would be like Ethan Hap would be able to go off, and the, but the rest of the team goes cold. Yeah, and we lose. Like, so if the team goes cold again, <laughs> then we're just in for a world of hurt, right? Uh, but yeah, I think it's kind of most, it, it makes it better. It makes it harder for teams to prepare, right? Mm-hmm. They can't just prepare for one, a one score. We have to, they have to prepare to, to stop everybody, which obviously with the swing offense is a little difficult to do. So yeah, I think the, especially with our, our talent level at this point, as far as, you know, man to man talent compared to the rest of the big 10, uh, I think it's, it's, it's for the better. Yeah. I think it's. To answer my own question, I think it's better on a like a, a general sense. Like uh, it makes us more likely to win games in general. Yeah. But it worries me when we get down into those late game positions, yeah. which I know we've harked on a lot on this podcast. Yep. Uh, that we don't have a go-to guy. And I, even last year, even with Ethan Happ, he's not the kind of go-to scorer you want. Just follow him. In in a yeah in a. <laughs> He can't shoot outside. Uh, he's very creative around the rim, right? But and can't shoot free throws. So you were kind of limited in what you could do offensively at the end of games. And I feel like if this team can figure out how to who to go to in those situations, but share the ball the rest of the game, I think that's the best of both worlds and where kind of you want to get to. Uh, but I think it will lead to less close games as. Uh, because we'll be scoring more efficiently because we're spreading the ball around and making the defense have to guard everybody. I think that will be a good thing uh, in in the long run. So yeah. when they beat Green Bay, did I say even say the score eighty eight seventy? Yeah, eighty eight seventy. They were on fire like the first ten minutes from three, and then it went away. Good to see, but it was good to see. Um, very good to see. So Casey, before the game though. Did you see yeah. the uh, NCAA came down with their final verdict on Potter, yeah, um, and decided to upheld his uh, not it's not suspension, upheld his rule, upheld their ruling. He has to sit out until December, since since after the first semester. Um, yeah. That came out like minutes before tip off, uh, mm-hmm. during their shoot around. So that happened. It's all settled. Talked a ton about it on the on the broadcast. Shout out Brian Butch getting able to do the play by play. But did you see Guard's uh, post-game press conference where he spent six-minute rant on this? He was fired up. It so was, fired I did up. see it. It was fantastic. Um, and I wanted. I want to... 
don't want to juxtapose this. Uh, so I wanted to bring up uh, your boy Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. He had also had a player, Joey Hauser, who transferred from Marquette, who played last year um, and transferred from Marquette to Michigan State. Uh, Tom Izzo, for whatever reason, really thought he deserved a waiver, even though he had no reason to get one. Micah Potter didn't play at all last year. Yep. Uh, still went to school, uh, has not played basketball now for three semesters. Uh, had a much more interesting case, and Tom Izzo came out and quit some <laughs> basketball association yeah. Yeah. that has the NCA as a seat on it. It was unclear why this was the thing that he did, like why this was some sort of punishment to the NCA. But that's how it was. The media took it and kind of ran with like Tom Izzo standing up for players' rights, and Tom Izzo standing, you know, sticking it to the NCA. Now, Tom Izzo threw a hissy fit. Because his player didn't get a waiver when he was not deserving of a waiver, a waiver, and took his ball and went home. Greg Gard went out and defended his player vehemently and I think passionately, and had nothing but great things to say about Micah Potter and the way that uh, Micah has handled this situation. And I think it's frustrating. I'm saying frustrating a million times again. <laughs> the media batted their eyes at what Tom Izzo did, and I didn't see anybody cover what Greg Gard did, but I thought Greg Gard's was much more authentic yep. and much more warranted of a reaction to the NCAA's rank hypocrisy in these these transfer deals. Transfer yeah, 100%. Situations. Yeah, because most of the coverage, was, it was a, a, everything I saw was local, local coverage of uh, Greg. Yeah, there was nothing outside of Wisconsin stuff yeah. talking about this at all. Yeah, and it was a fantastic rant, and it was well-documented, not the biggest great guard guy, but what he did here, uh, sticking up for his guy, putting it, you know, putting it out there, spending six minutes of his press conference, just laying out you know, what what Micah has been doing, how he's been doing it the right way, you know, yep. why the NCAA messed this up, uh, really just going to bat for him was it was fantastic to see, and he, yeah, I, I don't know, I've seen some of his press conferences and like. Um, never really this fired up, right? Never really no, that he's very, animated. He's very Paul Christie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's just like, yeah. lays it out. Yeah, he lays it out. So this is the first guy to see, see him animated at a, at a, at a yeah. press conference, and it was just, yeah, it was it was electric. Yeah, it was great. Um, I don't understand the NCAA. They, absolutely, absolutely ridiculous in, the, in these transfers. When they give them, when they don't, we don't know why. We don't get why. Um, lots less deserving situations got waivers then Michael Potter then even Joey Hauser who I don't think should have got a waiver because I think they knew full well what they were doing but other people who go let's just say to and from Kentucky get waivers <laughs> yep um and and uh, you know players right now in the Big 10 aren't it it doesn't make any sense but great rant by guard. You are right in calling that out. Uh, this week, only game Monday. Uh, hopefully, the day you're listening to this, uh, they play the Richmond Spiders in the Legends Classic in Brooklyn at the, um, what's that stadium called there in Brooklyn? Whatever. Uh, the Barclays. <laughs> Barclays. There we go. Barclays. They're, they're playing there, so that happens tomorrow. So we talk about the great. Uh, you know, football that will be happening over the weekend, Marlon. We're also getting some great basketball. We're getting some of the the tournaments the week at the the holiday tournaments coming up. Yeah, Maui Invitational at get, all. Get to see the um, coaches in their Hawaiian shirts. That's always fun. That's great. The 
them playing in really small gyms that feels really weird on television. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. Yep. Uh, but lots of basketball on your TV sets coming up this week too. Uh, so watch out, watch out for those. Uh, unfortunately, only one Badger game, uh, and then they're off till uh, till December. So uh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're. In, I think they're just in. They're in this uh, Legend Classic. Maybe they play another one if they win. I. Yeah. And it just wasn't on their schedule because it. You know, they don't know who they play yet. Um. So maybe there will be another game. Watch the game on Monday, and they'll they'll probably tell you when when the next game is. Uh, <laughs> we don't because apparently we don't know. We're not sure. Um, elsewhere, Marlowe volleyball. Yeah, women's volleyball. Uh, continue to win. They swept Nebraska at a home game. It was the fifth ranked Wisconsin Badgers against the sixth ranked uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. So uh, Wisconsin with a uh, emphatic win in three sets over Nebraska. And then in women's soccer, Wisconsin beat Duke last week to make it to the Sweet 16. Unfortunately, t- today they lost to UCLA um, oh, to end their season uh, in the Sweet 16, but still a good run by the women's soccer team uh, and a good upset of of Duke yeah. uh, uh, last week. And a really great goal in that game. If you can find it, uh, our, our players... More or less getting tackled uh, and, and slots it into the into the corner. It was a great goal. So uh, that's it for Badger stuff. Uh, I think, Marlon, anything else you got on Badger stuff? No, always great when you can beat Duke. Always great to beat Duke. That is true. Um, all right, on to the NFL, Marlon. We're not going to talk about the Packers who are losing 23-0. Uh, Damn. To... Uh, the 49ers, not going to talk not going to talk about blame it on the refs and their terrible calls in the first quarter that I watched. Um, uh, we're talking about the Bears? So let's talk about the Bears. We're talking about the Bears? Yeah. 42-yard <laughs> touchdown. Ugh. Go ahead. Let's talk All about right. the Bears. Let's talk about the Bears. Bears take on the Giants today. Win 19-14. Hooray. Um, sloppy game. Typical game, don't do anything in the first half, then come out in the third quarter and magically score some points, but probably should have scored more, um, and then let them back in the game. But that's here nor there. I, I, it was a typical Trubisky game, few interceptions, da-da-da-da. But what sums up our season as pretty much as a whole happened in this game. Don't know if you saw it, Casey. We went up, uh, yeah, went up to score a touchdown, to go up 19 yeah, no. 7. Yep. Go up 19 7. What do you do as a good coach in this situation? You go for two. I, I think you go for two, go up two scores. It's pretty logical. Pretty logical. Yeah. I like that. Clifford tells you. Yes. Yeah, Clifford tells you to go for two. So do the right thing. Try to go to two. First attempt, they got pass interference in the offense. 15 yard penalty. Okay. That's fine. Tr- we'll go ahead, line up, try it again. We, have f- <laughs> we get a five yard penalty for illegal substitution. All right, a little far away now. Let's kick the let's just kick the extra point and take our win and take our L. Then Pernero just misses the PAT. Yeah, that right there, my friends. It was that sums it up. It, it was. I mean, you couldn't write a script better than that, as they say. <laughs> it was just so Chicago Bears twenty nineteen. It was it was fantastic. Uh, I wa- I did watch this game. Uh, it was a t- it was a tough watch. Yeah, it was a tough watch. Uh, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky versus Daniel Jones. Not, I'm not sure we're going to be writing a lot of great uh, <laughs> chapters in this storied rivalry. It was, it was very brutal. Um, and I don't, 
there are games you watch and you're like, the defense is playing really well in this game. This was definitely a game where it's like, these offenses are not playing well. My, uh, that said, my team has eight points through three quarters, so I uh, am aware of how this sounds coming from a Packer fan right now. Uh, but it was it was painful, uh, painful to watch, and that was definitely an epitome of of the Bears' play during the season. Um, I put Bears are back. You put no, Marlo. Are they back in the playoff hunt? No, they messed it up last week. Losing if they would have won uh, last week, still would have had a chance. This is just too much. Five five and six. Uh, you look at the rest of our schedule. It's just not going to happen. We saw, we saw though, in this game, first drive Mitch and two-minute Mitch. We did. First drive Mitch and two-minute Mitch were there. And Oh, and running Mitch. Mitch ran the ball. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah a little bit of Mi- mobile Mitch out there. Yeah, mobile Mitch, which was actually good to see. It was where, where has that been? He was actually running to run forward, also running out of the pocket to throw, um, which is also good to see. But, you know, some of his throws are freaking stupid. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we do have running Mitch. It's it's weird how I I think watching the Bears and I've been watching. I mean, I'm a, a Packer fan, so I'm going to watch the Bears, right? But I'm watching it more intently because we're going to be having these conversations. Yeah, and like it's just so weird how he can just opening drive. He's really good. He's really accurate. Two minute drill. He's really good. He's moving. He's accurate. And then like in between or like coming out in the third quarter it's just not that it's so bizarre how we can go kind of in and out of being an effective quarterback it's it's very bizarre it, more, more times than not it's out i'm being an yeah or times out it just it's like what i was like if you if you yeah there's like a he'll have one or two drives that if i cut that just that out and like showed you and you didn't know anything about Mitch you didn't know anything about yeah. Mitch but i just took these two drives and showed you you'd be like Man, look at that quarterback. Yeah. 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 Look, how, <laughs> look how he started this half. Look how he finished this half. Yeah. Man, that, guy, yeah. that quarterback. And then it's like, oh, he had, he was like three for 12 for 40 <laughs> yards the rest of the, yeah. the, rest of the half. Yeah, exactly. Three bizarre. interceptions. Yeah. Three bizarre quarterbacks. This is so. Did he throw? He didn't throw. Dude, I was, oh, so, so this is, I. Oh, no, he did in the end zone. Yeah, he, he had, threw it in the end zone. There was the stat about uh, he has like the most end zone. The most red zone. Interceptions or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, there are some great, there are some great stats. On yeah, the yeah. Speaking of, like, I, it, it's gotten bad because I'm hearing things around me about like, hey, uh, Cutler's still out there. Maybe he can come back and be better than Steve. That my friend, I actually heard today too. Was like, well, was they were because this this got started because they're like, well, if you put Rex Gross with this team, this is probably like a playoff team. And then someone's like, well, you know, maybe even Cutler. Actually, he's only been out of the year for like a year. He could probably still play. Let's get him. Let's call him up. It's gotten bad, man. They, it's gotten bad. If they if they had listened to our previous episodes where we covered very, Cutler in very Cavalier <laughs> yes. or, or whatever yeah. that is, they would know that he is in no shape <laughs> to come back. He's not working out. He's not getting right. He's watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Deer. Somebody's deer on deer camp. <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh, he's not. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, on to the baseball, Marlo. Your White Sox are throwing money around. like it's Oh, we really are talking about the Packers. Uh, okay. All right, here we go. Baseball. Sorry, no, well, caught me off guard. Eight, no, baseball. Eight, let's do it. Eight to thirty. I don't want to talk okay. about it. I'm not ready to talk about it. All yet. right. Um, I need to go through the tapes, um, see what happened. Uh, I think. Well, here, okay. Well, here's what I think. Uh, off to bad start. Referees sucked early. San Francisco's a great team when they're winning, and they've been winning this whole game. Well, that sounds dumb. <laughs> um, 
But you know, yeah, what I mean? know what like you mean. if a team has a lead versus a team that has to yep. come back, I don't know that I haven't seen San Francisco come back. They've always it seems like they've always had the lead. Maybe that's just who they are. That's they're good enough to always just be winning. Yep. But they're I haven't seen them put in this situation outside of the Seattle game where they lost, where Jimmy Garoppolo has to make a play and they have to rely on that passing game. Um, too often they are just up early on the strength of their defense, which maybe that will ride them through, and that's obviously what happened in this game. Uh, also, it seems like the Packers can't go to the West Coast, which will be an issue if we face 49ers again, but the two times the Packers have laid an egg this year, uh, it was going to uh, L.A. and now to San Francisco. In both games, they just weren't ready to start the game. Uh, I know in this game they changed a little bit of their uh, pregame um, routine in the Chargers game, they went out to LA on Friday, and that caused some issues. Apparently, this game they went out Saturday. Didn't seem like that solved anything. It, you um, know, they always say it's hard for a team to travel west. It is uh, apparently, especially for this Packers team. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's it, it's a little bit. Of it seems to me like um, Lafleur doesn't really know how to prep his team for a road game. I don't know. That's just a. I don't have any like teeth to that. It just feels like he doesn't really know how to prep his team for this type of road game, um, based on their their two uh, California trips. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, not looking great for the Packers, but uh, I don't know. Do you want to get into it? No, no, that's good. I, I was just taken by surprise. I were actually not talking about him. So I, want, I just want, didn't want. Didn't want all right, <laughs> all right. Let's go on to baseball. I don't want to. All right, baseball. White Sox spending all that cash signing Yasmani Grandal from the Brewers. Well, I, he was a free agent. Brewers wanted. I mean, as a Brewers fan, I wanted him back. Four year, seventy three million dollar deal, uh, and re signing Jose Abreu. Three years, fifty million dollars. Marlo, is this win now stuff? What's going on there? Yeah, this is it. This is supposed to be the turning point. I know last season was supposed to be the start of that, but we lowballed Manny Machado. Um, so yeah. this time they are trying to overcorrect and just start and uh, open up the open up the bank. Say this is where it is since we have it. So yeah, I think it's it's that time where we're looking to turn around. I don't know if it's going to equate to you know being in the hunt in October. I do mm-hmm. think some of these moves and some you know that they'll probably that I'm hearing that they'll probably make coming up. You know, probably trending more towards a 500 team. Something more respectable, something more competitive, and then hopefully make that next jump uh, a year away from being a year away, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think the, I, the vision, I'm tired of the. <laughs> so the vision is now this is the point where we start rocketing it up. Hmm. Interesting to see that happens. These are two players on the wrong side of 30, right? Abreu's 32, I yep. think. Grandal's 30 now. Uh, and as a catcher, you know, there's extra. I guess I'm throwing out my concern first yep. here is uh, you're put, spending a lot of money on players on the wrong side of 30 and a catcher on the wrong side of 30. Uh, that said, Grandal was the best catcher on the market. He obviously last year played for the Brewers, so I watched him a lot. He is a very good offensive catcher, and it seems like he is able to do whatever you need him to do, whether that's hit for power, whether that's work the count and get walks. Um, the Brewers moved him up and down the lineup uh, throughout the year last year, sometimes even batting him in leadoff, which is kind of strange for a catcher. Um, really a player. I really wanted the Brewers to bring him back. 
if they had signed him to a four-year, $73 million contract, I would have been surprised but excited to have him back, at least for those first two years. And Abreu, I don't know if about I know enough about. He was obviously a White Sox player, um, but was an all-star last year, right? So yeah. maybe he's still got yeah. some, some of the tank there. And it's if you're going to tr- go from a young team to a winning team, maybe these I, I agree that these could be the pieces that help you get there. Uh, and Grandall is great with the pitching staffs, um, great with the Brewers pitching staff. Uh, so that's another aspect that he'll help bring to um, help bring to the White Sox. On the Brewers side, Marlo, yeah. the Brewers released. I'm going to air quotes here. New yeah, logos. It's all the craze. They, uh, all the new. All, a lot of teams getting new jerseys next season. Brewers being one of them. Yeah, they. W- they went back to, uh, I guess, the main ball and mitt logo, getting w- rid of their, uh, I guess it's a cursive M with the barley leaf. That is no more. They, it's not the same old logo. They changed it just ever so slightly um, to, quote, unquote, modernize it. And they have reasons for it. Uh, I didn't remember. I didn't memorize what they were, but I just know they had reasons. I think it's fantastic. The ball and mitt logo is uh, one of the best in sports. Uh, I'm excited to see it back. I'm excited to see it more. Uh, they also have a really cool, um, it's a baseball logo, but the uh, stitches on the baseball are the barley. Ooh. Not leaves, but vines or whatever. Nice. Uh, that looks amazing. Um, the old pinstripes are back. I mean, it's just, uh, it's the old stuff that I love, but just tweaked a little bit to make it look and feel Look and feel cooler, so I'm pretty excited uh, for that and to get back to seeing more of that in in, in the Brewers uh, uniform. So nice. there you go, Jersey watch, it's Brewers update. They haven't signed anybody. Oh no, uh, oh yeah, pinstripe think. jersey um, too. Everybody's holding out. Um, Brewers fans are holding out for a pitcher. Uh, our our rotation is warily thin. Uh, I don't know that we'll have enough money to go out and get a Garrett Cole. Um, but if we don't get Garrett Cole, we need something to bolster our our staff, our, our pitching staff. Uh, I don't know what that looks like, but that's what we're all kind of hoping and waiting for uh, the Brewers to do. Uh, that's it for baseball, Marlo. Probably too much baseball. Oh, Astros are cheaters. Big cheaters. Oh, big, big cheaters. cheaters. Big cheaters. They slam, um, they punch trash cans. That's been fun to watch. <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see. It sounds like baseball is investigating and... The commissioner, uh, Rob Manfred, seems pretty upset about it. Like, he seems like he will go after them. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know if that's just fines, uh, if it's losing draft picks, if it's, um, I guess the biggest thing would be like taking down banners like they're Louisville or something. <laughs> but uh, unnecessary shout out Louisville. Uh, but but uh, something like that. Uh, but he seems like he's serious about. Getting to getting to the bottom of it, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Something to keep an eye on, and at least something to keep you interested a little bit, like focus on baseball, right? In the yeah. offseason, we stay relevant. Baseball Big old cheaters, and maybe another uh, villain. Woo! Because right? there wasn't there wasn't a reason to hate. No, them. it wasn't. They were the lovable team. They were the lovable team. But they cheated to beat the Yankees, so it's like hey, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Well, they cheated and couldn't. Yeah, and then couldn't overcome that in the World Series, even though they lost. Was it? Because they were cheating at home, right? It was just at home. And um, yep. they lost all their games at home. So that worked out. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, 
they and like even with the Yankees, they won a lot of road games, but their like hitting stats are way better yeah. at home than they were on the road, which I think is normal. But they're like abnormally uh, skewed. Uh, so it's really interesting stuff. I dug into that a little bit, but um, all right, baseball. All right, talking baseball. That's it. Enough baseball. All right, a uh, little bit of basketball news. I know we're not full teeth in the NBA right now, but uh, D Rose came home. He's with Detroit now. Don't know if he knew. Came came to Detroit. Uh, sat down with Will Purdue. Uh, but the big thing to come out to come out of this little interview here is uh, he had a quote saying if load management was a thing when he was around, he'd probably still be in Chicago. Which uh, kind of started tizzy because when you first hear that, you kind of you, you, I don't know. Here's how I, my take was when I first heard it, kind of chuckled. Then I thought about it. Yeah. And <laughs> we kind of go back, and I remember these arguments of. Um, of Thibodeau putting all these minutes yeah. on all of our starters, including Rose, uh, and us being mad about it. And then, you know, we uh, all got forgotten after like, the whole Rose thing went down. But then I thought about it. I was like, he, he, he's, he, he, there's a big, I mean, you never know, but it's quite possible that could have been the case that he didn't have as many injuries or injuries weren't as severe. Um, and he was still, you know, that high explosive player, um, and he could have came back, you know, maybe he not have been in Chicago, but he might have been still that upper upper Escalon player, you know, that won the MVP. Uh, so, yeah, I, it got a lot, it got a lot, of, a lot of talking about. But I, I thought it was crazy because you think about it, you don't, I don't think of Derrick Rose that old, but like this whole low management is own. And I, I felt, I mean, Le, I, LeBron, I just put him as the ringleader of it, but I feel like it's what probably the last three seasons, it's kind of been a thing. They just yeah. put a name to it this last season. Um, with with people actually, you know what? It it started with uh, Popovich. Pop, yeah, Popovich, Popovich was, the was the first to do that, and uh, he did that. But now players are taking it upon themselves to do it. But anyways, um, but yeah, I just thought that was a, that was an interesting. It just got me thinking. Yeah, no, I think the, I think the science is still out on like whether or not true load management, the way that's done now, where you're sitting players for entire games, yeah. uh, is effective to prevent injury. Uh, the counterpoint is like some players are just more prone to injury. So whether you play them seventy five percent of the games or one hundred percent of the games, they're they're there's a five percent they'll get chance in any game, and that doesn't change. Yeah, I don't, I'm just throwing out the five percent chance, but um, there it's as likely they'll get hurt at at any moment aside from load, load management. But with what the Bulls were doing was different. Yeah. The way Thibodeau coached and played his players was different because that was a lot of minutes per game. And I think if you look at minutes per game, as opposed to just like resting four games and sitting out entire games, uh, I think there's a lot more science and a lot more um, research into that being very taxing and therefore increasing injury um, on the players. With Derek Rose, the way he played was so explosive and so um, reckless. Mm -hmm. That sounds like it's a negative thing, but like he would just throw himself into bodies in the lane and finish, and he was great. But like that taxing the way, you know, the way he would, the angles he would jump from to finish around yep. the rim. I don't know if load management would have saved that, but I think definitely Thibodeau <laughs> <laughs> running them into the ground yeah. did not yeah. help for sure. And uh, maybe a reason why he's not in uh, coaching anymore. Right? He's not no. coaching. He was at, is he still no, he's Minnesota? not. No. 
No, they have yep. a different guy there now, right? Yeah. Okay. I think he's still getting paid by both the Bulls good. and Minnesota. So I think he's good. Go, he should go somewhere and be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, where, where he was in uh, Boston. In Boston. Yep. Go do that and uh, somebody can have a good mm. defense. I did, uh, speaking of basketball, I did, I had this big sports week when the Badgers game went to the That's Bucks right, game I forgot. Night, it's you, big guy. Against, uh, against the Trailblazers. You're sitting uh, like front row. Front row. I was close. I was close. Um, Carmelo. Uh, CJ McCollum and, and whatnot. I th- I think the highlight of the game was uh, I was sitting next to uh, I want to say super fans. They were they were season ticket holders. Uh, I got uh, tickets through work, um, but like other season ticket holders were going up and like high fiving and saying hello to the the people next to us. And uh, Bledsoe was checking back into the game. Bledsoe and CJ McCollum were checking back into the game, and uh, the fan next to me goes. Go get them, Bled. They can't stop you. They can't guard you out there. And CJ just looks at him, gives him a wink, and says, <laughs> it, was, it was just so cool because I was like, not that I did, but I was next to somebody like interacting with an NBA yeah. player. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. Uh, spoiler alert, nobody played any defense in that game in the Bucks one. <laughs> But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Giannis had a really great uh, reverse dunk, and Pat Connaughton had a really great um, putback dunk. Uh, and when you watch on TV, it's f- those things are fun. But you forget how yeah. explosive, explosive yeah. it is live. Yep. And, like, Connaughton especially, he just, like, came out of nowhere and elevated. And just it was so quick. It was so explosive. It was so yeah. cool. Uh, and it was it was a fun game. It was it was like one thirty seven, one twenty something like that. It was insane. Nobody played any defense. And people were just making threes everywhere, and it it was a really fun game. To be yeah, in. there's especially in basketball. If you can get cl- close up, it's just amazing to see oh, yeah. like how fast, quick, and big those. Yeah, and, and the, like yeah, like you can see it on TV. Like you know they're tall, but like just see how tall. And then you think about all, of, you know, you think about all the tall people you know, myself included, Casey, and like just how yeah. most, it's like, yeah, okay, they're tall, but you know, they don't move that fast. But these these people, you know, just cat-like. It's un, it's unreal. It's amazing. Yeah, see, and so uh, Portland has Scal Lebesier from uh, he went to Kentucky, yeah. uh, and he's just he's just all arms and legs out <laughs> there. But he was killing us. He moved so quickly, and he just found space in the lane and hit these like little. Uh, jump shots, I guess. Yeah. It was a little bit old school, but like he was just, I don't remember him, like, I don't remember him being big in college. Like, normally, in co- like, if you're like a huge, uh, gonna be a, a, a center in the NBA, you're really tall yeah. in college. Uh, I don't remember him being that, that physically imposing, but he was, he was really good in the game. And like his length and height and the way he moved really surprised me. And that kind of sit up. Obviously, Giannis and, and, uh, whatnot on, on the Bucks did, but I've, I've kind of keyed in on them before when they've gone to games, but Scal surprised me just as, his uh his length and height and yeah you forget it's like oh my gosh yeah they're they're like a <laughs> foot and a couple inches taller than me holy crap <laughs> that's something um all right basketball. there it is NBA Casey went to a game and Casey went to two games this week look at that two games two this games. week it was a big big, big week. week for me uh, all right well it's about that time let's get into it yeah. America's favorite segment Casey's corner kick. All right, Marlo. Another victory for league leading Liverpool. They win two to one over Crystal Palace. Uh, in Crystal Palace, uh, Liverpool got off to a one zero lead. Crystal Pal- 
Palace pulled it even in the second half. Liverpool got another one of their late goals. It was 85th minute, uh, Roberto Firmino. And it's, again, one of those, it seems like Liverpool's years type goals. Um, these are the goals that I kind of talk in years past about Manchester City scoring, where it just seems like it's inevitable that they're going to get the winner, and it's starting to feel like that for Liverpool. Uh, they continue their amazing form, their amazing run that they're on. They continue to sit atop the table. But the news shaking the EPL this week was Tottenham firing uh, Pochettino, their longtime manager, the manager who took them from, um, I guess I don't even really know what they were before, uh, kind of a, a down-on-your-luck London team, let's call them, a team kind of aspiring to be a top-four team and took them to a second-place finish, took them to a Champions League final a mere six months ago. They got off to a bit of a rough start, which we talked about. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago when they played Everton. Um, They decided to part ways with him, uh, which is always a questionable decision when the coach you fire is immediately linked to every other possible (laughs) opening. Like everybody else is like, uh, I'll take that guy. Uh, maybe you're not making the right move. But to compound things, they went out and hired Jose Mourinho, uh, for most recently of Manchester United. Um, a guy who goes places, figures it out, wins, and then burns all the bridges on the way out. <laughs> and it's, and it's uh, at this point, you kind of, uh, you kind of know what you're. Signing up for uh, it's thirty six to eight. Uh, San Francisco scored again. God damn it! Um, kind of know what you're signing up for with Mourinho, uh, and it seems like to me it seems like a weird signing in a weird fit, uh, in the sense that Mourinho is a guy who likes to come in and spend big bucks and get his types of players where he thinks he needs them, and he's been very good at this. But Tottenham has been notoriously stingy in the transfer market. And if Mourinho can't make it worth make it work with his current set of players at Tottenham, they're not they haven't shown a propensity to go out and make the transfers he's going to want. And if they do, I would be even more frustrated as a Tottenham fan because I you just spent a whole year and a half not spending mon- money under Pochettino to then spend money under Mourinho. It would be the ultimate kick in the teeth to uh, a uh, manager who brought you to heights you hadn't seen. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting to see what happens in Tottenham. Uh, I expect their f- them to have kind of a new manager boost. Uh, they won already this weekend, uh, three to two over Newcastle. Uh, but I expect that to continue. They play United coming up, which will be really interesting to see Jose go back uh, to Manchester United. Um, I just don't know how long that lasts, and I wonder how long the. Mourinho shine stays on before it starts getting starts getting really uh really ugly as it did really quickly in uh in Manchester United. Um other than that, back on the field, Manchester City uh kept pace with Liverpool winning 2 to 1 over Chelsea. Uh so they move ahead of them in the table. That was probably the game of the week um with Manchester City uh kind of weathering an early Chelsea storm. Um to put that one away and get all three of the points. Next week, Marlo looking ahead. Uh, we got football on the weekend. Luckily, we have some soccer for you here in the midweek. Tuesday we got and Wednesday, we got some Champions League. Tuesday, we got Real Madrid versus PSG. That's a rematch of uh, a matchup in which PSG just thrashed Real Madrid 
uh, in Paris. We'll see what it looks like uh, this time in Madrid. Also have Juventus Atletico on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, uh, highlighted, at least for me, Liverpool-Napoli. Similarly, uh, Liverpool went down and struggled, losing 2-0 to Napoli. Uh, see if they can kind of rebound and get a result at home and solidify their chances at advancing to the knockout stage. And then Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund is kind of the other key clash on Wednesday uh, in the EPL next week. A lot of, um, I don't know, mismatched games. Uh Teams at the top of the table versus teams at the bottom. Not too much of clashes in teams at the top of the table. Liverpool is facing Brighton and Hove Albion uh, next Saturday. So that's what the week looks like ahead of you for the corner kick. Expect two results out of Liverpool. I uh, think that they should get get a win over Napoli at home. Uh, it just seems like those two teams trade um trade wins at each other's location at each other's home fields and then Brighthove Albion is a team that Liverpool should be able to beat especially at Anfield so there we go Marlo that's the corner kick anything you scoop me on uh no not this week man next time it's coming coming up it's uh, a lot of soccer this week which will be which will be good after a week uh not this last week obviously but the week before with uh a break for stupid international competitions and things all right back to the domestic <laughs> all right all right um yeah that's, that's all i got casey you got anything else that is it all right we well as always Follow us on Twitter at 132Breeze. Myself at MarloJR. Follow Casey at Prof Badger Fan because he is firing things off lately. My favorite thing this week was um, Sam Decker uh, was tweeting and he tweeted a random opinion about IPAs or something. <laughs> and somebody came back and was just like, F you, who cares about your opinion? You were on an okay basketball team. By the way, a team that should have won the basketball cha- the NCAA tournament, if not for the refs and Duke, but whatever. Um, who gives a, you know, he's just swearing at him. Yeah. And I just did the the Ron Burgundy, boy, that escalated quickly. Nice. Tweet. It was fantastic. Nice. Uh, if I can pat myself on the back, that was fantastic. That was my Fire. Uh, at least from today. Fire. Yeah. Follow Casey. Uh, make sure to like us. Make sure to subscribe, download. That's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? Well, as always, fellow fans, until next time, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.